0: Welcome to Paradigm Shifters and I'm so excited to be sharing with you the wisdom of a wonderful Paradigm Shifter and astrology who has such a deep understanding of politics and what's going on in the world, what has gone on in the world, what's going to go on in the world and what kind of uh, astrological configurations are affecting key figures in our time. Ms. Linda Sherman. Linda, welcome to the show. Oh, it's such a pleasure to be on your show again, Veronica. I always feel inspired when we talk. (laughs) And you've got a new book coming out, and it's called Extinction or Evolution. And you're writing it with, uh, let me see if I get the name right Richard Spitzer, or is it Spitzer?
1: Spitzer, yes, correct.
0: Okay.
1: Yes, it's called Our Choice Extinction or Evolution. And my co-author is, is by the analyst and the astrologer, Richard, is a, an analyst who has had a career in data analysis and worked for huge companies and banks most of his life doing uh, data and marketing analysis and forecasting future trends. Uh, And And he uh, worked with internet
0: trends too, didn't he? He did a lot of that kind of research. Yes,
1: he does. He his write up his biography, which I I showed you, is is he has uh, been working on that since the onset of the internet, Uh, and he he has a tremendous uh, uh, skill set. In determining the issues and themes of our times and the directions that we would tend to go in, and he's constantly bringing in new data and doing uh, uh, anal- an analysis of that data and forecasting. Does he so have a he lot is, of books is, is, out
0: himself, his own books? Uh, uh,
1: he, he has, uh, actually, he had a, a newsletter. He's in the process of writing another book on his own. Uh, and uh, uh, so that he he is he see he just sold his own private consulting firm to to work on this book, and he's also uh, writing another book. And we are also as an extension of this book, we are doing a uh, a subscriber only newsletter, a quarterly newsletter. Which we will put out for all uh, subscribers. You can write me, and I
0: shall, I shall certainly subscribe to that.
1: <laughs> yes, we feel that because the, the title includes our choice, we mm-hmm. feel that there are trends, as you and I have discussed in past interview, astrological trends, uh, uh, and that are very prominent today that we have talked about. Uh, as I have described where the planets are going and the tough times that lay ahead, the kind of apocalyptic era we're in, I have described this as uh, the the second American revolution mm-hmm. and the challenge to human civilization, uh, the uh, comeuppance, or <laughs> I like to say the period of comeuppance. Many people agree. With us on this, and he does as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, he heard my interview last uh, the early this year in January on coast to coast radio, and emailed me uh, saying that he had changed his mind about astrology and astrologers <laughs> after he heard the interview. Because after he heard Linda issues,
0: Sherman, we understand that well, for sure.
1: <laughs> well, he related to the issues and themes which I brought up and discussed, in which he was in total agreement. Uh, so he's been a very, very successful man in his career, but he is also a part of the consciousness movement, believing as I do, and I know that you do, that there has to be a fundamental shift in human consciousness in which we need to learn to live in, uh, in concert with life on earth and in cooperation with one another. If we don't make that shift Derek uh, we could be facing mass extinction that's mm-hmm. how serious everything is and well, is uh, let me interrupt you in t-
0: I'm excited about this book, but I just want to say uh my own guide said this probably there's only a week left of it, but they said we have a two week window which is very 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 uh dicey, very uh catalytic, very dramatic and and they were encouraging us to really stand up with our light and be stronger than even than we normally even think about over this little period. I think it's about a week left. Can you relate any of that to what's going on in astrology?
1: Yes. Um this is how uh, what we astrologers are looking at today. The position of the planet Saturn which has to do with order and structure and definition and limitation uh is leaving its in the last degrees of sagittarius right now and it's moving into the sign of capricorn uh, on uh, this month uh, on the 20th and it will be there through december of 2020 and not only that but saturn in capricorn which is its own sign symbolizes having to face realities on the ground structural realities the structure of our politics of our economy of our society and of, of life here on earth the environment and karma. And the earth itself mm-hmm. yes you could call well karma is a term that means work <laughs> oh is it <laughs> work that we have to do in order to, uh, in other words, it, it can be work and consequences combined, mm-hmm. <laughs> in a sense. The consequences of the work we either did or did not do. Mm-hmm. And, and this Saturn is also going to line up in in 2019-2020 uh, with Jupiter that will go into Capricorn. Pluto is already in Capricorn. And 2020, to me is going to be the watershed year because consequences for global economic inequalities of uh, uh, the, we have economic power concentrated in the hands of the fewest people globally that we have ever had. Mm -hmm. It outdoes the monarchies, the empires. We've always had economic inequality, but today uh, in our so-called capitalistic society, we have the upper one percent. We have maybe 400 families who own 80 to 90 percent of all the wealth on this planet. Uh, the and, and we have a system, what we would call oligarchies uh, or or monopolies that are increasing. The monopolies, big companies are buying other companies, are buying other companies, uh, and the the reason behind these stock market all time highs. Is that the stocks and the financial landscape is controlled by the handful of people and the government, the, the Federal Reserve, the Department of the Treasury are all cooperating with this right now. And you have, uh, it's no longer a balance between the government and private enterprise. It's private enterprise now owns the government, right. pretty much. So there is no balancing Richard and I are bo- both believe that capitalism is still the best economic system, but there has to be a balance, there has to be regulations. We have to have clean water, we have to have highways, and, and, and sewer systems, and public education. We have to have tax money that finances what we would call the commons, or life for most people in this country. And when you have it all privately owned or controlled and you have things being taken away and privatized, what you have is that only those in the top of that realm are, are going to have the control, are going to have the safety, are going to have the wealth and the economic viability. So this is what has been going on. And they don't care
0: if we're okay. They don't care if people are they okay, don't care. do they? No. It's almost is, like it's, they're in a there. trance.
1: Well, I want to say, though, that there have been people recently, very wealthy people, that have come forward and, against this looming tax bill, which is a disaster. This tax bill that is in the Congress right now couldn't be more disastrous. It is, it is a reverse Robin Hood that robs from the public commons, Health care takes away CHIP, which... is health care for children of poor families. It is eventually going to lead into our dipping in to Medicaid, Medicare, and Social Security uh, to pay the enormous debt. Our debt is now 160% of our GDP, the highest it's been in history, and we are the most indebted government in the world today. Japan is second and China is third. Yeah, the tax bill
0: gives the, the big corporations the right to avoid billions and billions and billions of dollars of tax money, which could make exactly it could true. pay off all it, the problems.
1: Exactly true. If we had uh, what built this country at the end of World War II was social investment, Eisenhower built the highway system. Uh, across this country and use taxpayers. You know, at that time, that corporations in the, from the mid 40s to the early 60s paid 80 to 90 percent in income tax at that time, and we were the most prosperous nation on earth. Why? Because we built these things. We created Medicare and Medicaid, and we amplified Social Security, and we built the highway system, and we created a powerful infrastructure across this country. That made this country great. When you take that away, and uh, and there, a, a lot of people uh, talked about globalism and they want that out, but this is globalism because these corporations are basically transnational. They're using labor in China and Bangladesh and India and everything outside of the country. The, they're going for the labor for the cheapest, most destitute places on earth. Uh, to get virtual, almost borderline slave labor to create things. And Trump's thing was, I'm against all that, but he is amplifying it. He is doing the absolute reverse. But, Linda, he lies
0: all the time.
1: He lies constantly. This is the liar-in-chief, as I'm fond of calling him. Well, how does he get away
0: with that? How on earth is he getting away with that in
1: people's consciousness? Well, because a handful of people elected him because we need to abolish the Electoral College and have the majority of people elect a president in this country because of the way it's set up. A handful of people, he convinced those people that he was going to be the rebel, that the government is the problem, that they lost their jobs in manufacturing and around the country, and and they're slipping, and they... Uh, he convinced them that he was going to be the rebel that was going to get rid of the evil immigrants, the evil black people, the evil Muslims, the evil Mexicans and, and immigrants. Uh, all of this is reminiscent of what I predicted in my previous book, that this was a time roughly equivalent to the 1930s and the rise of the Third Reich in Germany. And this is so reminiscent of the techniques that Hitler used uh, saying, I'm going to make Germany great again, we're going to get rid of the Jews, we're going to get rid of the gypsies and all the non-Aryan people that are behind our demise. And they had a corrupt, ineffective Weimar Republic, and they elected Hitler and his party democratically with the same kind of garbage that trump is spewing out it's it's uh, history doesn't exactly repeat but it rhymes and people who were disgruntled and angry at everybody in general and and really didn't understand what had happened to them and how they can really fix this or correct it they were looking for a simple answer and somebody to blame and a focus for their anger and frustration and they felt that Trump was their guy and that's how I feel. I I feel that if the Democrats had nominated Bernie Sanders, who was the rebel we needed <laughs> who said, hey, it's Wall Street, it's the big banks, it's the giant corporations who got us into this. We and need to balance this out. We need and to his have numbers were the
0: biggest numbers of anyone who showed up on the board just in preparing for the election. That's what I think exactly. is so ironic.
1: And he brought the young people, the millennials, on board who stayed home and did not vote for Hillary Clinton, who was correctly seen as a bankster. from You know, a Goldman Sachs, Wall Street took money. Uh, And nobody liked the Democrats, really. And we now know that the Democrats skewed that nomination process and and took money and concentrated it for Hillary and took it away from, from Bernie Sanders. We know that now. My feeling is that the Democrats were the one that lost this election. They could have won easily with the rebellious one, which was Sanders. It was a rebellious time, a revolutionary time, where people who had really honestly been, they lost their jobs, they weren't helped. Uh, You know, everybody, both Democrats and Republicans, were in bed with the banks and the giant corporations and the monopolies, and genuinely they were looking, and and Trump posed as this rebel and this champion of the people, which he definitely is not. And he lied to his own people. Oh, my goodness. And then he, he got on board the, the right-wing evangelical Christians, uh, he got on, you know, he, he talked big to them and got them in bed with him, uh, and, and on, it goes on and on. He became the focus of anger, and, if the, and I feel I blame the Democrats just as much for this election, because they should have nominated Bernie Sanders, and I will say that absolutely the whole world would have changed and been different
0: mm-hmm. that 's true so um, so what what was in the chart to bring um, what what was in the astrological chart to bring Trump so far forward?
1: Well, actually, he had a lot of astrological support mm. Jupiter was in Libra. Uh, during the time last year uh, through most of that. In fact, it was there until early uh, October of this year. Uh, Trump is now starting to lose a lot of the astrological support which he had. Uh, Saturn in Sagittarius was trying his ascendant and his Mars. As Saturn goes into Capricorn, Jupiter is now in Scorpio, and Mars right now is, is in Scorpio. And uh, the women are standing up uh, saying that he sexually harassed them and assaulted them. And uh, and his, it, things are getting worse for him. But because he's in office and the Republicans have a majority in both houses, I cannot see that they're going to impeach Trump. But I think that he personally is going to be in more and more trouble as time goes on. His administration, he's going to become less effective more troubled, uh, and as the investigation of Russian hacking into our system and Trump's long-term financial connections with Putin and Russia are marching toward being exposed, uh, uh, th- this is going to, to make things worse. But I don't think the Republicans are going to impeach Trump. I think that Trump may move to make a deal. Uh, behind the scenes with Mike Pence, that if he resigns from office, Pence will pardon him, uh, because I think that Mueller will have so much criminal criminal behavior on the part of Trump that it's going to pressure him. Uh, I also have said all along I think Trump has significant mental health problems that are going to reflect on him physically. Well, let me go Physical back to one thing. Visible.
0: If they can prove that he was doing illegal things before the election, can that undo his uh, uh, privileges as a, as a um, president?
1: That's a very good question. He's the commander-in-chief. He has What all of this is making us aware of is how much power a president really has. To avoid all kinds of of, uh, uh, things. And and I'm not, to tell you the honest truth, I'm not an attorney. I'm not sure exactly what the law is or how firm the Constitution is on the presidency. I know there are certain things that uh, obstruction of justice that they could get him on. The thing is that they could get him on a lot of things. However, It's the Congress that has to impeach him. And if the Congress simply refuses to impeach Trump, there we are. We're stuck with him. And I just feel that the Republicans are hanging. The only way the Republicans are going to change is when they start losing elections at the local level, possibly in, in the elections of 2018. If the Democrats start... To get their majority, you know, their majority back. That's the only hope we have, because I don't think the Republicans, no matter how bad Trump looks or how upset the country is, are going to do a thing unless they start their their own candidacies are threatened in the fall of twenty eighteen. We are in what I called in my books, the dark night of the soul. We sure are. Wow. Wow. and and Rich and I, in our book, we talk about all these issues, economics, the economic cycles we're headed into. I believe that this dark time for the public at large and the economy for all but the rich uh, is going to change in the 2020s. Uh, and we're going to have technological changes and developments that are going to revolutionize energy. We're going to leave the era of fossil fuel and make brand new breakthroughs and discoveries in in clean energy and uh, technologically. I, we write about this in, in our book. What the breakthroughs that I think are going to be made, but the the looming danger is that we will have, uh, you know, that that we will be in so much trouble with the environment. You know, I cannot believe. We had three of the worst hurricanes in history hit the East Coast, De- devastated Puerto Rico.
0: That I know. Destroyed
1: parts of Florida. Houston, Texas took a hit hit and never historically had. We had these hurricanes. Now we have California burning up. Historically, since, since we have been living there, we've never seen fires like this. Never. And and uh, but people, unless the fire burns your house down, unless these things walk in and threaten you with annihilation, they seem to sit on their hands. It's like Rich said, uh, it's now nature versus human nature. Uh, we this is why fundamentally, Rich and I agree in this book and the end chapters, talk about the kind of consciousness change. That needs to happen—a realization that needs to dawn on humanity of who and what we are, and what we, that we are a part of one another. We are each other. We are that the universe itself may be consciousness itself. This is not far afield from the areas of quantum physics. What they are discovering about reality uh, uh, is is astounding, and I tie the the recent research and theories of quantum scientists in with the fundamental insights that great people, great religions have had at their core together at the end of this book, how one thing would point, how they're actually pointing in the same direction. And once we come to a realization that we are actually one with each other, that what we do and think we are individuals, but we're also a part of the greater universe, just like we have various organs of our body. We have our heart, our liver, our lungs and everything, are individual organs, but they're a part of the organism. And when one thing fails to function, it affects the entire organism And this is how we have to see ourselves, as human societies as a part of the natural environment and life on planet Earth and a part of the universe as a whole. And right now, most of us are stuck in this local view, well, if it doesn't affect my backyard, I'm not going to pay any attention to it, or I'll only do something if I am immediately threatened. And we're now at the point with the environmental catastrophes, the global warming and the poisons of our waters, our oceans, the extinction of life in in the oceans, the tearing down of the rainforests worldwide, which are the lungs of the planet. All of these things which you've heard, and I know you're a person who looks at these things And the people listening to this show, I'm sure, do as well. We see that it's now at an almost irreversible trend toward extinction if we don't step up to the plate, if we don't get the leadership that we need, then invent our way out of this crisis, and we can supply people with jobs that they need in sustainable energy, organic farming and gardening. Or turning around the
0: destruction, helping save the earth and all that kind of thing. I have a question about, somebody asked me to ask you this, that apparently New York State's... um, funds for retirement, you know, secu- the whatever it's called, the retirement funds and so on, are are backed by Exxon or filled with money from Exxon, and apparently they're demanding that Exxon show how much, uh, what, how the uh, climate changes so far have affected their income, their products, and their whole thing, and they're asking apparently for a report on that, which could apparently make people, could could make big corporations more aware and more responsible
1: for cause and effect? Yes, that's true. We're doing things like that in, in New York State. We are not perfect any more than anybody is perfect in all the great things that you and I would like to see. But there have been moves in the state of New York in that direction. We have been fighting for environmental change different ways very friendly to the installation of solar panels and the use of windmills. And and uh, there's a lot of invention and innovation going on in this state, and Governor Cuomo is definitely uh, throwing money, you might say, at areas like our area here, Ithaca, where Cornell University is, uh, is, is being uh, uh, encouraged uh, by the state of New York, by the government, the governance of New York, uh, there's a lot going on here that is positive. One of the things that is not talked about that much, but that New York state did this year, that the governor and the legislature voted to give a essentially free tuition, free college tuition for anybody who is a resident of the state of New York with the agreement that once they get their degree or degrees, that they stay here at, uh, for the number of years it took them to get that degree. In other words, that's brilliant. if you're young, it's it, 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 free education for all the state colleges and universities, not the private ones, but the state college and university system here will now give you free tuition if you want to go to college here, but you have to stay here and work if you get a four year degree. The thing is you have to stay here four years following that and work here in the state of New York. This is fan- a fantastic thing. Some people complain because it doesn't cover books and uh room and board and, and things of that nature which a person still has to figure out but the fact that tuitions are sky high oh they're ridiculous I mean, t- mm-hmm. the kids are are graduating college with two hundred thousand dollars in debt how can they do anything with that mm-hmm. you know it, it's um and we go into in our book rich and i go into the reforms that need to be made in education as well under our chapter in communication because we consider communication and education under the same heading on all levels mm-hmm. and things that need to be done. We need social programs. We need uh, to, to do things like this so we can subsidize the common so that people can, can create great businesses, can be entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. can be inventors and innovators. That, uh, that, that we need to finance better school systems. Right now, Betsy DeVos, who's the head of the education, Department of Education, is skewing government money into private schools, especially religious private schools. I mean, it's unbelievable. what She's quite an on. ignorant
0: person anyway, isn't she? She's a,
1: trying to kill public education in this country, well, and that, she's getting a lot of of, of pushback. Well, this on, brings on me that. to
0: but, another question: Is why are they deregulating so desperately and making financially feasible for people to use destructive uh, industries? You know, to do more—oh, the coal mining, the oil stuff, the Arctic oil things. Why are they doing that? Why are they killing off because education? Some, because.
1: Yeah, because Donald Trump is playing to what they call his base, that 30% of the people who want the government completely out of everything. They don't care that it's poisoning the earth and creating extinction-level climate change. They don't care about any of that. They they buy this idea that this they're going to get their jobs back, which is, by the way, whatever coal mining is going on is now being done by robots. Yeah,
0: exactly. And
1: whenever you give a tax break... To the, to the billionaires. You know what they're going to buy with that? Robots and automation. And they have said so. But wait, but wait. wait. One of the back.
0: questions I want you to respond to especially is the fact that these guys will make more money, which they get to hoard offshore and all that kind of stuff, while the earth is dying. Isn't there kind of a race here between, like, like well, what do you do with all the money in the world... If the world is dying, what do you do with no, right. no education for people? You know, I'm so confused exactly. about what are they trying to do and where is the benefit for them? What is the benefit? All right.
1: The big problem, that, as I see it, is that so many of these people, uh, the, the big banks and the giant corporations, are very narcissistic and they're just as tribal as many other people are. Their tribe is the economic tribe, the rich, the tribe of the rich, the tribe of the oligarchs, the mm-hmm. tribe of the banks. We are in an oligarchic that, society right now. Yes, mm-hmm. and, and this is how they, now, I want to say our hope lies in 400 millionaires that just came out against this tax bill. There are millionaires and billionaires who are good guys. Mm-hmm. Who also see what you and I are talking about? Yeah, I like Nick the, Hanauer what, is
0: one of my favorite ones because he's put out uh, he put out a TED talk saying we have to
1: start giving or they're going to come at
0: us with pitchforks.
1: Uh, absolutely, and, and Elon Musk Elon is another Musk, one. Yes, uh, Elon Musk and Richard Branson, and these guys have the greater good. They're doing things for the greater good. There are good. People out there, Warren Buffett is is one of them. I feel because he, he talks about this tax bill is outrageous. He wants to pay more taxes, you know, and and there are. It's not like across the board that all of these people who have benefited from this and are very wealthy uh, don't see. They do. Many of them do. It's interesting. I saw a piece where Elon Musk's brother is going into the whole organic gardening farming business and food business to raise consciousness there. He's investing money in this. Uh, I saw a piece on PBS the other night about this young man who had worked in New York City and made a lot of money and and, uh, had a desk job, was into investing and finance, gave it all up and went out to California into the organic farming business and became a farmer,
0: uh, raising
1: vegetables and chickens and everything, and loves it, and said he's doing it in concert with life on earth and producing healthy food. I really feel, and I think the millennials coming in, the youngsters coming in, who are less uh, into this ruthless competition of of Wall Street and getting rich at the expense of everyone else— I think there's going to be a sea change by the time we get into the 2020s. The whole question is, will it already be too late? That's well, what I, I
0: ask that as well. Is it, it's,
1: it's converging quickly, is it not? It is. But, but the other part of this is you can't underestimate the ingenuity of, of the human mind, I mean, or the human spirit, that Rich and I decided we're never, ever giving up on humanity, Mm -hmm. uh, that we, even with global warming, there may be ways to reduce that warming. There may be uh, ways. And uh, one of the things I'm predicting for next year, uh, which is not such a, a wonderful thing, is an increase in earthquake and volcanic eruptions in the next three years oh my with Saturn but that makes sense conflict. doesn't it
0: mm-hmm. okay
1: yes I think that now that has nothing to do with that I know of with human uh, behavior or what we did or or didn't do uh, but the volcanoes erupting could cause a global cooling uh, in a left-handed sort of way it will do a lot of destruction but uh, it could also like with Mount Pinatubo interrupted in the early 1990s, there was, for several years, a global cooling effect that, that took place. Uh, and, and, the, uh, and I think there are things that could give us a reprieve. For instance, something I may have talked about on this show, and it is described in, in the book that we wrote, is we may be entering in the 2020s into a what they call a maunder Minimum, an extended Maunder minimum. Now, Maunder maximum means that the maximum number of storms on the sun occur, which heat up our planet. When you have more sun storms and flares, it it increases the warming of the planet. Just aside from our greenhouse gases or what we're doing. A monder minimum means when the sun's storms die down somewhat, and we have very, very few flares or storms on the sun. Now, I felt with when Pluto goes into Aquarius in 2024, and Jupiter and Saturn conjunct in Aquarius December of 2020, I see as an astrologer that Aquarius symbolizes more of a cooling cycle, and I said, now, how can this balance out with uh with global warming as we see it with the the greenhouse gases that we're still putting up there and the, and each year is a record global mean temperature year after year. How can this uh, square up with this? Well, somebody sent me an article that a couple of years ago a scientist, one of the leading astrophysicists who's a specialist in sun cycles published and presented a paper. That said, she feels in the 2020s or maybe around 2030, uh, in in that in that period of time, we may have an extended maunder minimum. Which the last time we had that was the mini ice age mm-hmm. uh, in Europe and North America, mm-hmm. and it was it was it very very interesting. When we fought the Revolutionary War, we were at the end of that particular cycle, and. Uh, uh so that it's very interesting to me that there may be things beyond what most people are looking at or measuring. And what that might do is give us a reprieve so that we can invent our way out of the multiple crises that we have created for ourselves and all life on earth. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things, I I have several things in this book. That, that might that even that be I something
0: am, to pray for, right?
1: Exactly, that uh, the extended wander minimum, which causes the cooling cycle. Uh, the thing is that weather is something that is quite unpredictable. And there are combinations, it's like La Nina and El Nino, and there, there's a lot of forces. We now know uh, another thing I mentioned in my previous books is that we've had extended global warming due to to sun cycles in the past. In the Middle Ages, there was a warming that enabled uh, grapes to be grown and wine to be made in England. Everything warmed up before the mini ice age took place. Hmm. And and the, the uh, people at Woods Hole, the scientists there say that when you have the glaciers that melt and go into, say, the North Atlantic Ocean, they desalinate the ocean and interrupt what is called the thermal halen currents. Among those today that are most familiar to us is the Gulf Stream. And the Gulf Stream is a warming current. And when you have a melting at the poles, it changes the chemistry of the ocean and interrupts or disrupts those currents, which could have been the second reason for the mini ice age, that those currents shut down or modified that were warming plus we had an extended wander minimum so those could and we may have both of those cuz the gulf stream is definitely slowing down today so those two things may create a cooling process that may give us a temporary reprieve and and, and give us a chance to invent our way out Of these crises. That's what I am hoping and praying for, Veronica. I
0: love that. Now, I I want to go back to the title of your book, which is Choice. It's our choice, right? Extinction or Evolution. So where, uh, like, you you spoke earlier about how uh, you don't think a lot of the earthquakes, for example, are man-made Um, I do, for some, maybe it's just an intuitive feeling or a a worried feeling or something. I feel Mm -hmm. like we have disrupted Mother Earth and made her frantic at some level. I'm treating her like a human being, I guess. And uh, and I feel, uh, I guess I just am wondering where our choices are. When we're talking about the future things, I'm going when we are all, a lot of us are working metaphysically on becoming more and more conscious and on uh like uh the fellow who's gone over to to california to be in harmony or in concert with life a lot of us are trying to learn that is that not going to have a choice impact on all of this of course of course
1: it will i believe that people who make the choice to save this planet who move toward uh, relocalizing of the growing of food organically, uh, uh, people who form small businesses and local entrepreneurial enterprises who c- start to care about their communities again and each other again. Uh, I believe that all of these things, also at the high levels of invention and uh, uh, all of these levels, if we change our consciousness focus toward these. Ends. Uh, instead and, and of just I thinking feel,
0: about money and and investment, exactly. And,
1: instead of mechanisms, but we have to have economies that work. Mm-hmm. People are not going to go back to just living in poverty uh, uh, on a farm somewhere, and they've got. We've got to have new visions of effective local economies and things that work. And one of the things is to create. Uh, yes, tax. Social systems, federal mm-hmm. health care, mm-hmm. uh, uh, education that is fine. In other words, to subsidize the infrastructure so people will be educated, so people will have health care, so people, we will not have terrible epidemics of infectious illness that, by the way, will kill off a billionaire and his family just as quickly just as, as fast. a poor family. And if talk we, about like media.
0: Media is a part of this whole thing that you're talking about as well.
1: Oh, I have other chapter on communications and the media and how dumbed down people have been because, again, the media is corporate controlled and they're interested in ratings and profits. Mm-hmm. And today it's so bad that when you watch mainstream television and you see a show, the show itself is about uh, say an hour show is about fifteen minutes, and the rest of it is all ads and commercials. And it's also a uh, g- lot of it's quite gross, and uh, it's terrible. Yeah, and it's like that's dumb. how we got Trump. Is we become immune to obscenity, which seems to be popular mm-hmm. on television. Obscenity, uh, I'd say the extension of Jerry Springer show uh, to the Donald Trump show. It, mm-hmm. It's all about uh, low uh, levels of consciousness. You can't even call it almost uh, sub-levels. Of but, it, but it's actually sensational, so people
0: are excited by it, which of course means it, it to me... It your means your eyeballs. Yeah, it means it kind of infuses itself in people's or lowers people's consciousness. I think me, I, media could have educated the whole world and lifted people and given us grace around the world. Look what it's doing. exactly.
1: Well, I still say there are exceptions. For instance, PBS I think is wonderful. Your show, the internet shows like yours, uh, that are, are interviewing conscious people who are very concerned about the fate of humanity. PBS is good. Uh, and, also and I wanna do- say,
0: even with PBS I listen to some in depth discussions and there are so many things that are not discussed. There's so many things yeah. that are not brought forward and I I might be driving my car, I'm screaming, For heaven's sakes there's an elephant in the living room. Talk about, you know, what's real about the tax thing or what's real about Dropping off education, they don't talk about what's real. They seem to skirt the subject. Is that because the funding well keeps it that way? I
1: think, yeah. I think again, uh, even though PBS public is supposed to be you know funded by donations, look at all the commercials that are now on PBS Uh, and the big funders like the Koch brothers are funding. So they again, they're limited about what line they can cross. However. Uh, you have programs like Frontline, one of the biggest, one best shows on television that take an issue like the Wall Street uh, banks and the collapse of 2008 and the uh, collapse of the environment, so, and they do specials on it. I also feel that 60 Minutes is still doing a great job. It, you know, it has all, it, for the, it's in 50 years now, uh, it takes Things it showed the starvation of the children of Yemen last week. I, oh my! Uh, uh, we're not even the mainstream media isn't talking about how the the war between Iran and Saudi Arabia, which is going on in the Middle East right now. Saudi Arabia uh, uh, are Sunnis and Iran are Shia. They hate each other and they're in a war in Yemen and elsewhere with each other. And they're destroying the population of Yemen. They're creating a famine that's starving most of the children to death. And 60 Minutes had a special on this. And I do feel that there are places of light, uh, but most of the time because it's so controlled by the giant banks and the huge corporations that real news... People who come here from Europe and other parts of the world say, you don't have news over here. You don't get any news over here. Well,
0: even growing up in Canada, we used to laugh at our American cousins because they didn't know much that was going on when we were little kids. No,
1: as a result, we have a population that's dumbed down, and unfortunately... And, uh, and and on the other side of it, many people just don't watch it anymore because they feel they feel they're liars, they're not trustworthy well, it's true but a lot of get, the times isn't it? It is now, my feeling is that there's certain i get truth out dot org common dreams yes dot I like alternate alternate mm-hmm. those three uh, uh that have no ads at all, they're funded by their readership each month they beg us for money to keep going and they publish wonderful articles by, say, Noam Chomsky and great intellectuals, and Ajar Jamal, who's a great environmentalist. They publish articles that are by real truth-sayers. But a lot of people don't know they exist. A lot of people don't go in there and and read those things. They are available. But uh, until people say, we insist, we're, we're going to turn you off. We're not going to be interested in you anymore until you uh, report the truth. And we've got to have waves of people that insist on this. We've Are we going to, to, to do
0: marches? T- Are we going to do kind of uh, protest kinds of things, or is there any point?
1: No, I, I do believe that there will continue to be protests. But look, this past year, past couple of years, we've had all kinds of protests. Uh, that that have launched themselves. The Black Lives Matter, the Occupy Wall Street, the women's marches mm-hmm. uh, when Trump uh, was was inaugurated. We we do have these. The question is, the media really doesn't do a great job of focusing on those protests. In Again, the 1960s, because they're
0: they're supposed to be bought off, right? Sorry, go ahead.
1: Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't. They don't. There is some. We we've got to do it at the ballot box We and there needs to be new and much greater leadership that really cares about us the bernie sanders and elizabeth warrens quite frankly mm-hmm. uh, uh... the uh, uh... you know the leaders that really really care and, and are intelligent and care about the future of humanity uh... it's going to take and young people have to That this millennial generation needs to come forward And Mm -hmm. take the leadership position. Uh, There needs to be generational shifts, and as you say, paradigm shifters. There need to be. Isn't Bernie kind of
0: gathering people still? Isn't he still uh, cultivating? Absolutely now, Mm -hmm.
1: in the polls, the most popular politician in America. Yay! He is, and he is still rallying the the youngsters, and I think it's funny, a guy almost uh, in my age group (laughs) is rallying these kids in their 20s and 30s. Well, you know what Uh, I I think think is
0: really interesting is that a lot of the young, the millennials, as you call them, uh, a lot of the younger people are very at ease and comfortable with a lot of us that are older. It didn't used to be that way, but they don't seem to have any problem hanging out or
1: sharing or whatever. Do you find that? Yeah, I think that it is a very interesting phenomenon. Um, We shall see how it all plays out. But I uh, feel that we are definitely uh, at the edge of going off the cliff or saving ourselves from going off the cliff. That's why Rich and I wrote our book together, and his data analysis matches my astrological analysis, and and we've covered these subjects. Uh, we talk about the science of environmentalism and technology, and we uh, uh, we really I have quotes from Scientific American and this wonderful book by Paul Hawken called Drawdown, which is a book that compiles all of the scientists, uh, how we can reverse the trend of destroying life on Earth. He covers energy, he covers Mm. uh, agriculture and farming, and and, uh, he covers, it's like an encyclopedia with wonderful photographs in it. And Mm. I quoted from Drawdown, and I quoted from special issues of Scientific American uh, in saying what is going on that a lot of people don't know what is going on that could transform our lives from the environment to the economy to making consciousness leaps in, in terms of understanding who we are and where we're going.
0: Mm-hmm. And like you said earlier in this show, um, we're, we're all one. So the more of us that focus in that direction, the stronger our coalescence is as far
1: as making exactly. a Exactly. Mm-hmm. Veronica, and I feel we're not all one in the sense that we're undifferentiated. Uh, 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 what we are differentiated. I see a world in which individual talents and innovation are honored uh, and that we have intelligent debates rather than throwing hate at each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see you know, that we can have honest dissent and debate uh, with respect for each other, that's called civilization, and we're <laughs> losing civilization today. And the restoration of of that notion or that idea. As I said, we have our own individual formats that we inhabit for a lifetime, which have individual talents and abilities and and conflicts. Uh, but we, the substance out of which we are made, the consciousness of the universe. We're all made out of that substance. And what does that substance want to do? Well, of course, it wants to survive. It wants to reproduce. But it also wants to evolve. It wants to evolve, it wants yes. Evolution I agree. from a lower, limited predator prey state of consciousness to a higher state of consciousness where people work together toward the greater good. And that's why our book is Extinction or Evolution, because the old predator-prey uh, thing where we go to wars with each other and blow each other to smithereens, we have weapons today, as most of us are aware on this planet, that if we have a world war, there will be no world to have a war over, and, and uh, that we have reached that point where we've got to get rid of that way. Of light that, and this goes not just about America, but across this globe, mm-hmm. across the world. Uh, we we have to make an evolutionary leap that is going to be necessary, and we need sooner rather than later.
0: I know, and I love that in your book. It was, tell us the exact name again, and how we can can we get it on Amazon?
1: You can guess. It's called Our Choice: Extinction or Evolution. By the analyst and the astrologer, Richard Spitzer, Linda Sherman. You can get it right off of Amazon. It's for sale. That's it. You can come to my website, which is www. S O O T H E S A Y E R. dot com, or just Google Linda Sherman, and that'll come right up, and you can click in to my website and click in to the the u r l above the picture of the book it'll take you right to Amazon and you can order it from my site um, there uh, uh, so that um that's the easiest way for you just to go direct and order it from there or just go into Amazon. And request the title of this book. But
0: I do have to say, your newsletter is a real read too. So people wouldn't mind stopping off there and checking that out as yes, well. Yes, <laughs> yes.
1: I put up a newsletter at the first of every month, discussing what I think are the major themes of our times and what the planets are saying. And as I said, I'm going to continue that in, in a, a, a shortened a little bit. And then Rich and I are going to write a subscription only quarterly newsletter that we feel uh, is, is making us aware of the big issues, the big things coming up on the horizon that people need to look at. And we can so sign up I'm for doing, that on soothsayer.com? You, it, eventually, it will be ready to go by the end of this month. and I will I, have a place.
0: I so admire you, Linda. I'm so you are so vigorous. You speak of your age, but I go well. You're just ripe with wisdom, and we're lucky to be able to share it with you. And uh, I thank you so much for coming on and being a paradigm well, thank shifter. thank
1: you, Veronica. It's a wonderful privilege and pleasure, as usual, to appear on your show.
0: Ah, uh, well, thank you, Linda. Thanks, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk again soon.